Radio.
Just the radio. This is Jesus in the morning radio. Spreading the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for good gospel music this morning. We thank him for another Wednesday morning. Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. I was gonna make it Wednesday today. <laughs> another Tuesday morning. And uh, we thank God for the month of August coming in, thanking for all he has done already, what he's doing right now and what he's going to do. You know, a year ago, God put something uh, in my spirit, and I went on and did it. And uh, it's rewarding me today. And I looked at that thing. I'm like, wow, look at this. A year ago, he said to do it. And I did it a year ago, and today is rewarding. I'm like, Lord, you are faithful to your people. Yeah, he loves us. He loves us. And uh, he's on our side. He's for us. Again, this morning, we can cast our cares upon him, for he careth for us. Listen, his word holds true daily. The same word, the same word, hold daily, hold true daily. Yeah. The same thing I said he said yesterday is still true today. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing to me. What he said yesterday still true today. But we just got to remember his word. I can't remember it if I don't study it. I can't remember if I don't read his word. If I can't get to study, I'm going to read something out of that book that's going to help me for today. See, because yesterday is gone, tomorrow is not promised. We are here right now, today. I'm going to do for today and let tomorrow take care of itself. The word says enough evil <laughs> to take care of tomorrow. Yeah, it's some foolishness all the time. Yeah, all the time we got something going on. And uh, we're going to go to prayer this morning, and after prayer we're going to come back and talk about uh, topic for today, and uh, we're coming back to read our scripture for the day and uh, play some requests and songs 
that's requested. I thank God for good requests because it helped me to, you know, put stuff in there. Yeah, and I like good gospel music, old-fashioned, as they call it. I old school back in the day, you know, when folk had a respect for God, had a respect for his house, had a respect for the men and women of God. They was afraid to go against anything that had to do with God. But today they don't have no respect for him and no one else that's associated with him. Today, they tell themselves, it's my thing. I do what I want to do. The scripture said that the fool said there's no God and we got a lot of them. And a lot of people say there's no God without opening their mouth. It's their actions. Because, see, God is an action God. He hear what we say, but he's watching what we're doing. See, he's looking at what you're doing. Yeah, he hear what you say, but if your lips and your heart don't line up together, then he know, uh-huh, it's not true. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we're going to prayer. We're going to prayer. And uh, when we come out of prayer, we're coming to one more song of the morning. And uh, well, we'll talk about the topic, one more song of the morning, and uh, our scripture read. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that the joy of you is our strength. We thank you this morning that if we keep our mind on you, it's you that keep us in perfect peace. Oh, we thank you for all you've done for us, great and mighty things. Thank you for what you're doing right now, great and mighty things. Thank you for what you're going to do, great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that we can come again today boldly before the throne of grace to make our petition known unto you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, this mediator, that carry our petition to you. And Father, we come this morning asking that, Father, you would bless every household represented here, every family member, even those that are near and far, every friend that's near and far. Father, you know what we all stand in the need of today. And many times the very thing we think we need, that's not what we need, it's what we want, because you supply need. Help us to accept what you allow. Father, this morning, whatever state we're in, help us to be content, because you'll never leave us, not forsake us. Father, you'll go with us until the end. Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. And Father, help us. Stir up in us the ways of your son, Jesus. Help us today to let this mind be in us that was also in your son, Christ Jesus. A mind to obey. A mind to be obedient. A mind to live right, to do right. To stand when it's time to stand or to endure every trial, every tribulation in the name of Jesus. Help us this morning, for we need you. Open our eyes, oh God. Give us wisdom. Open our spiritual eyes to see. Open our spiritual ears to hear. And Lord, not only what the Spirit have to say to the church, but God, help us to watch as well as pray. But time is winding up. We're coming down to the wild. We're coming to the ending of this thing. And Father, we ask this morning that you would lead and guide us in the right path. Show us the way. Give us a heart and mind to follow you as you lead. Or oh, help us today, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. 
we stand in the need of you. And many in this country, America, Father, we're calling right, wrong, and wrong, right. We like the most evil stuff. We love to see fights. We love to see politics go wrong and they tricking and folks and do it. Help us, help us, help us to be a righteous people. Bring America back to its knees, O oh God, in repentance in the name of Jesus. Remind this leadership without you, they can do nothing. And that if they would adhere to your word and put it to the people, take this country back to you. Bring it back to God. The people come back to God. Do it today in the name of Jesus. Not our will be done, but your will be done. Father, your word says we have not because we ask not. And, Father, we are not asking amiss, but we are asking for what you can do. Oh, you made it. You know all about it. You can turn it around at any time. Do it for your glory. Father, send blessings, uncommon blessings for the elderly. Many have worked and helped build this country, and they're disregarded in all kinds of ways. No respect. No one care. They're old. They can't move as fast. They can't do anything that they used to do that people can benefit from it with money. Move today, oh God. We bind up every evil and hindering and negative spirit in this country and come in our way today in the name of Jesus. And Father, we cast it to the pits of hell, never to return in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you would rebuke this devourer for our sake. Rebuke it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we lose your blessings. We lose your word. We lose your obedience. We lose your spirit in the land of America. We lose repentance of the people coming back to you in the name of Jesus. For if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive the sins and heal the land. Help us today to get there, God. Help us all to get there. For Lord, I don't believe it'll ever go back to being what we call normal. Every time we turn around, Father, there's a different variance. There's another disease. There's another something else. But we won't humble ourselves and pray. We won't seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. We're continuing to say to you without opening our mouth, it's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. There's a way to seem right to a man, Father, but the end thereof is destruction. Many are being destroyed with diseases, sickness, all kind of stuff because of disobedience. But they won't look to you. Help today, oh God. You wish that none should perish. Have mercy this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, bless those that are sick this morning, touch and heal. Bless those that are incarcerated, the brethren, oh God. Move for the sisters this morning. They're sharing the good news of your son, Jesus, and talking of your wondrous works. Father, they're making known your deeds among the people. Move by your spirit. And today, God, bless Bree. Bless Brianna today in the name of Jesus. Move by your spirit, Father. We ask this morning that, Father, you would 
Bless those that are in every branch of the military, widowers, bereaved families, intercessory prayer people everywhere, preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus and obedience unto you and love for your people. Father, continue to protect Israel and Jerusalem. Continue to protect all our brothers and sisters overseas, those that have to hide to talk of your wondrous work, to share the good news of you, to pray for others, to study the word, to read the word. Father Lucia, protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, and danger. In the name of Jesus, bless our brothers and sisters everywhere overseas again, God, today. Move by your spirit this morning for them. Bless their families, their children, O oh God, in a mighty way. Oh, have mercy this morning, oh God. Have mercy today, Lord Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Bless the segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today. Move by your spirit, God. Open up the eyes and ears of your people. Feed us here this morning until we want no more. And Lord, don't let us just be hearers of it, but God, let us be doers. Let us apply your word to our everyday life. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like you. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank him today. We thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for all you've done already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you kept us safe this day. And we thank you. Can't thank you enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we're grateful. We're grateful. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank him this morning. Listen, today, uh uh-uh. what did I do? All right, wait a minute. I got to go back and find my, uh, my studio. What did I do? I must have touched something and it went away. Wait a minute. Oh, right. Oh, no, that's not it. But did I move something? Y'all bear with me. Y'all know I touched something right now. Okay. Oh, did I cut it off? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Wow. For your show now, press one. It appears that the host has already dialed into this show. Okay, Only one it. host is allowed per show. Okay. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Right, Goodbye. Well, goodbye. Let's see which one that is. Okay. I clicked over and it went over to something else that I couldn't find. But we back. We are back. We are back. Good morning to you, Sion. I know you got to go in a little while. God bless you this morning. And I, I speak on common blessings of Almighty God upon you today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, we trust him today, and we know that we're going to be all right. He will bring us out all right every time, over and over again. Matter of fact, it's already all right today in Jesus' name. And so we're thankful unto him. Today we're talking about the news. News, news, news. Uh, they say it's news. 
But a lot of stuff I hear is, is foolishness. It's nonsense. It don't even make sense to me. A lot of stuff I know it's not true. When you have discernment of spirits, you, you, when God has blessed you, you know what's truthful and you know what's not. And sometimes it's so that you, you, you just get sick of it and pay it no attention. I'm one of them people. Yeah, I don't have time for it. <laughs> God already told me what was happening. He already said what would go on, and then he gave me this, and I believe it, and people say, oh, now that's quite ignorant. But look, when he has blessed you, he has given you gifts. He's done things in your life that let you know I'm here. You don't worry about what the average Christian worry about because they haven't gotten there yet. And the reason they haven't gotten there yet, they haven't turned the world loose yet. They still think they need to know, they think they need to control something. You can't control nothing. Without God, we can't do anything. He said, trust in me. Look, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That word all is a big, big word. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all, that was a big word again, thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct that path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Because some stuff you don't need to hear. Some stuff will have you scared to go out your house. Some stuff will have you so messed up you you wouldn't know which way to turn because you're not leaning on God. You're like depending on him. You're depending on keeping yourself safe. You can't do it, sir or ma'am. It's impossible. Again, today, without him, we can do nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about this today. Um, I've seen all kind of articles, and they, they have all kind this morning, just, just right there waiting for me. <laughs> right there waiting for me. As soon as I click the computer to log in, it's right there. Yahoo News. CNN News, News for Jacks, that's Jacksonville News, uh, and then Clay County News, it, it's just so much news, it's ridiculous, and now, I don't know, but to me, it, it's foolishness, what the stars be, now they got Mr. Trump, what all kind of foolishness going on with him? New photos appears to the show Trump did try to flush documents. Cut your lost ability to walk. See, here two years ago. It gets no better. Every time you turn around, you got the who kill who, where, why they shot him. Yeah. And it's just it, it, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. It is just amazing to see because people believe it. I believe this, and if I'm wrong today, I ask God to forgive me for sharing wrong with you. I believe the man Trump was the man to run the country, and I believe God allowed him to come in a different way because, look, just like with us, the, the believers, the Christians, 
Now, many say that they are, but they're not. And the ones that's really, truly of God, they don't believe. They don't want anything to do with them. As long as they thought he was evil, real evil, they was down for the cause. Oh, you can see people everywhere supporting Mr. Trump. But once they found out what they thought wasn't the truth, oh, they hate him now. But so many wish he could come back, want him back, because they see the difference. Yeah, too late. I believe. <laughs> yeah. So they conjured up a bunch of foolishness. And are people saying, well, he shouldn't have did this. Listen, you, you, you don't know the ins and outs of things. You listening to false news, fake news. You listening to a bunch of people in competition that have the best news station, the best newspaper, to keep my job, all kind of mess go on. Listen to this news. Arrest warrant reveals new information in woman's death in San Marco Pond. This lady was found dead in Jacksonville over in the San Marco area in a pond. 16-year-old boy found shot to death in a hotel room. What are you doing in a hotel room? Where the parents at of the 16-year-old boy? Local boy, now, now this news, listen. Local boy collects 5,951 stuffed toys for Ukrainian children. Complaints lead to arrest of suspected cocaine dealers in Fernandina Beach neighborhood. All the negative foolishness. Now, this is news for me. Olivia Newton-John, who played Sandy in Greece, dies at 673. Now, I think uh, that would be okay to, to report. St. Augustine commissioners vote in favor of smoking ban at public parks. Okay, I, I would be okay with this as news. Father, son get life for hate crimes and Ahmad Aubrey's death. Okay. We we heard about it. They they had it all in the news and how it took place and yada yada yada. Court first appearances dramatically curtailed Amit ongoing city computer issues. I don't think that's news. I think the city council should get together and, and do what they gotta do and stop wasting money on foolishness. Take a look at St. John County's new Beachside High School. They they just built a high school. That could be news because the area need to know there's a new high school. But basically, I would want those who live near, who children would be attending to know. Even with uh, a vanilla preseason opener, Jaguars saw progress against Raiders. Now, for men, that might be news, and those women that love football, that may be news. But that's that's no news for me. That's not even worth the paper. Uh, that they printed on, but see, it's big money in it. Anything money is in, they want to. They want you to know some stuff. The more the merrier, because the more money, the better. Now that's news, right here. 
that we money hungry and we greedy. Yeah. So we praying. I got a niece that recently made the uh, the championship for something. I think it's the Olympics. Yeah. And and I thank God for dad because he let me know, you know, that she had won. And, you know, you want to encourage children. But today I would have to be right there with her every minute with her uh, a practice. Uh, if she's traveling, I, I, I would have to hold her hand all the way through. It got too much going on. Listen, our team, former pastor accused Jacksonville Church of taking cult-like position. Now, I think that would be news, too, because the people need to know. Watch as well as pray. Warrant Fence Company owner took a 20K. Our team receives more customer complaints. I think that's news because you need to know if you got to get some work done on your house, you need to know who to trust and who you can't trust. Just all kind of madness. And they call it news. A lot of it is not true. I, I, I tell you what, I was much older when I found out about fake news and I and, and and things in different places that people do wrong and cover it up. Because in my younger years I accepted any and everything. What you told me I accepted it, no investigation, I was wasn't concerned about it. You said you did it, it's a go. I believe you. I came from Alabama back to Jacksonville. I think I got back here in 1995. And I was really looking for a church like the one I come out of in Alabama. I was really looking for the love and the people and people just free to praise God. And that's what they wanted to do. All this other stuff wasn't important. And if it was, they kept it covered. I didn't know about your mind. Because I wanted to know the people there after the spirit. I didn't want to know them after the natural. I come on out of there, couldn't find it, could not find it. The closest I come to it was 910 Livingston Street. That's the Church of God in Christ in Orlando. And guess what? They was real starchy and stiff. Yeah, they 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 didn't they weren't quite as free as I was. But anyway, I got to learn. Church people are always not of God. The devil at the house of the Lord, just like God come. Uh, God don't stay in a cold, dead building. We bring him up in there when he come up in us. You know, and I learned some things. I learned some things about jobs and politics. I learned some things about a race of people laugh in your face and put a dagger in your back. It, 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 it was just horrific for me. Because that, that wasn't the way that I was. But receiving the spirit of God, it helped me. I was overwhelmed by this craziness. The spirit of God helped me. And the Lord showed me, you got to watch as well as pray. You got to know those who labor amongst you. And not just spiritually, but in the natural. You got to know your boss. You got to know your co-workers. 
The only way you go, you, you got to study people, Barbara. You got to look. Watch out now. He yet kept me safe. He yet, the spirit of the Lord yet showed me when to say something, when not to say something, where to say that with all of that. Because I come from a place of telling the truth. Once he saved me and I became a new creature in him, I desire the truth. I desire to tell the truth. And see, everyone is not like that. We still talk about news. They say it's news. But I come from that place once I became a new creature in Christ and old things passed away and behold, all things become new. I got to the point of where I just had to tell you the truth. Not banking on, not remembering people hate it. They hate the truth. They don't like it. Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth is embarrassing. So I'm telling the truth and people don't like it. I'm telling the truth and people finding a way to destroy me. I'm just telling you now. When I tell you at the church, on the job, in the street, everywhere you went, there was some foolishness and folks not liking the truth. So I told you the truth. And after I told you the truth, you didn't like me no more. You thought I told you that to hurt you. I told you that to make you look bad. No, I said it I said it because it was true. But because you don't like truth, you can't stand. And I, the world is like that now. The people, the true people of God are the ones who love the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light this morning again, and, and my light. But because many don't like the truth, when the truth come out, they hate it. Even at churches, they cover it up. They try to bring it to you in a way uh, where you can receive it and come back next Sunday. Where you can receive it and you come to the altar. African-American people, as they call us, we love hooping. If a pastor can hoop, boy, they going to stand up and clap. Don't don't even know what the man's saying half the time. I'm just honest. I like being taught. I, I, I like for a preacher to come, and when he comes, he break the word down for me where I can understand it. Because the scriptures say the word is so plain and simple, y'all, that even a fool, even a child can understand it. I, I don't need all this other stuff and uh, wittiness, and, 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 and it could be this way, so I'm going to bring it that way. That's not even what God is talking about. God's word is real and it won't change. And then it think they changed it. You didn't change it. You put your spin on it. You said what you thought it meant and you brought it to others. And because they want it that way too, they want God to be that way. They accepted it. But that's no real news. The good news is this. Stay with Jesus. He will stay with you. Now that's good news. And before that good news, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if we believe on him, we won't perish but have everlasting life. Now, that's excellent news right there. And then we got to choose today whom we're going to serve. See, we get caught up in the hype because, see, there's some things we didn't want to do anyway. 
See, when I was a girl, I didn't want to go around with no sleeves on in the summer, short sleeves. I wanted to be sleeveless. It's hot. The way I come up in that house, you wasn't going to wear pants, shorts, nor sleeveless. And your dresses had to be in skirts below your knees. They was keeping me safe. But I saw it as a form of bondage. I saw it as all these other people look good and they got their stuff on and I got to look like this. The parents was trying to keep me safe. I'm wrestling to get a loose out of the safety net and go do whatever I want to do. He taught me thou shalt not steal. He said a liar, my dad, a liar wouldn't carry in the sight of God. I was more free then than I, I could have ever been. But because I was a child, I didn't quite understand. And then I'm looking out into the world. I'm not really just paying attention to what the parents teaching me. Born with a, a, a mind of my own. Born with a spirit of, I think it's controlled to a certain degree. Born with a spirit of, I'm going to be a leader, never a follower. I didn't even know these things until later on. But the good news is this, Jesus saves. Jesus forgives and he saves. And the believers, we got to get off the news and find that news. In the good book, as they call it, in them 66 books, that's where all of our news basically should come from. It's okay that we know things. It's okay that this got out and that got out and we found out about it. But if we're watching as well as praying, if we're praying, if we own our job, if during the day we're talking to God, he, he won't let nothing that's important for you slip up on you. He won't do it. Warning comes before destruction. He's going to warn you before it happens, but it's up to you to take heed to the warning, and many don't know when he's warning. So they're trying to do it naturally. They're trying to stay up on things naturally. All the fake news. Listen, let me, let me show you something else. And the kind of news that'll make you stay in the house and say, ooh, I don't think I ever want to go back out the door ever again. Look what's going on out here. Murder after murder. Child molesting after child. Do they ever get enough of hurting children? No. No, ma'am and no, sir. So, look. I'm going back to it. Check it out for yourself now. This is Yahoo News. Yahoo News. Wait a minute, I got to go back to it. Listen, now this was like July the 25th. This has been a while ago. Okay, this is not new. This from the 25th. Woman opened fire in Dallas airport. Cop shot her. Woman opened fire in Dallas airport. Cop shot her. A woman fired several gunshots, apparently at the ceiling, 
inside Dallas Love Field Airport on Monday before an officer shot and wounded her, authorities said. We we hear a lot of this kind of craziness now. It's like we're getting used to the what's not normal. We're getting used to not being human. We're getting used to just accepting any old thing. Yeah. I can't just accept any old thing. I know better. I know the truth from a lie. And I'm just not able to just accept any old thing. Now look. This guy they called him Matt. Is it Gates? Tried to body shame a 19-year-old abortion rights activist. They said it did not go well for him. All kind of stuff that they call the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw the thing the other day uh, on Yahoo. They said, I think it was Dick Cheney, said something against Donald Trump. I couldn't imagine. I, I just couldn't imagine. You cover up everything else. You cover up what you want to cover up, and that that you don't, you expose it. Yeah, I hadn't heard of him in a long time. The next article I saw is this. Now, now this is an older article, too. July the 23rd of 22. Parents, the six-year-old girl killed in shooting at our campground. A nine-year-old boy survived the shooting, which occurred in the early hours Friday at the family of McCorkettie Cave State Park, I might be pronouncing that wrong, campsite in Jackson County, Iowa. Yeah. Trump and Pence squared off in the desert. It was one side. See, just, I'm telling you, it's West Virginia man charged with beating sister who woke up from two-year coma dies. Let me say that again. West Virginia man charged with beating sister who woke up from two-year coma dies. Uh, he was charged with brutally beating his sister, who woke up from a two-year coma and named him as her attacker. Baltimore prosecutor Marilyn Mosby defeated in primary. Oregon dad gunned down an apparent road rage incident over windshield wiper. Look, I, when I tell you the spirit of murder, it's just loose in America. It, it, I think it's loose all over the world, but we pay attention to it because it's home. It's here. We we get to see it. We get to feel it. We get to know about it. It looked like every other day I could go to a funeral or 
at least once a week, I could go to a funeral of someone known. I know. I know their family. I know the family member, somebody. And it's not that they that they are just dying because we come here to leave here. But somebody's sending you on away from here, Earth. Yeah, you, you've been murdered. You've been killed. You didn't just go to bed and didn't wake up one day. You didn't go to the hospital with something and, and didn't come out. Took you out of here. And they have it in the news everywhere. Some people say, I went to college, I didn't learn nothing. Yeah. It, it, it tell you about the gas price. A lot of gas prices down more than a dollar since June. Now, our gas has went way down and jumped back up. And they said it's a, a, a drastic decrease in gas. Now, now, see what I'm saying? They, they put something out there and said, we don't know what happened. At first, they'll say this, this, and this, and then they're backtracking and said, we don't know. Yeah, y'all put that out there first because you're trying to get more people to watch the news, to go with what you're talking about. I just wanted to share this this morning, and I I, I wanted to see if I was going to get some responses on what you think about the news, what you saw on the news that disturbed you or didn't disturb you. Are you thinking, why would they even call that news? When I tell you, it's so much false stuff, it's ridiculous. And elderly people, oh, my goodness, they just do them so wrong. Yeah, because they have them thinking one thing, and then it's another, and then it's the way they word it, you know. Yeah. And we have to watch the words. The words are tricky, and they, they, I've seen it. Well, the contract said this, but no, uh, it was this, this, and this. After you done signed the contract, because they tricked you with words. Same thing when you listen at the news. You got to be careful with the words they present. Yeah, because if you say something later on, they coming back and say that wasn't it. Da 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 da. Yeah. Now we all make mistakes. I, I'm not talking about an honest mistake. I'm talking about trickery, tricking your own pers- purpose. Repu- Republicans lash out at Justice Department after FBI searches Trump's Mar a Lago home. Why? They lash out at the Justice Department. Send the FBI to search this man's spot. <laughs> now, if he was doing what they liked, all of that would have been swept under the table. I'm sure we're not the only country that do this crazy. You see, they were preparing to just let anything go on. No governing by God. No, no shame. No uh, control. No human morals. No human decency. Wanted to take in God we trust off the money. We trusted in money for the love of money is the root of all evil. We trusted in God. 
good day's work for a good day's pay, and the pay we give, out of the pay, we give us. And because God loves the cheerful giver, he blesses us. A lot of people don't understand none of this I'm saying. Because the world has flipped upside down, is twisted, and the mind of the people are twisted. They don't know about the real things of God, the real world. I'm going to put it that way, Louis. The real world. Well, handshake was a contract. And one wasn't going to go against the other because I shook your hand on this. It's a, it's a binding contract. And if I don't stick to my word that I shook your hand on, I'm a crook and a liar. And that's how everybody go, is going to see me, as a crook and a liar. Yeah being desensitized, and that's what they're doing to many, especially children. And parents just sit by and let them do all kind of stuff. Louis said Dick Cheney is a war pig. <laughs> yeah, all of this stuff, and they're trying to erase history too because they don't want you to know how things work. You know, like I said, a handshake. Your word was your bond. If I say I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But the day you got so many crooks, so many scammers, everybody after what you got, everybody after money. I was told in foreign countries, uh, uh, Africa, for instance, oh, they do that in Africa, bond because they're so poor. If my people which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Seek my face, turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive your sins, and hear the land. But you don't want the true God. You want whatever it is, but if he's not providing for you, I would have to find the God who provides. Yeah. I heard about a man the other day, they say he was a preacher, a bishop or something, and uh, he was robbed of all his gold. I'm like, what? In the nonsense? <laughs> Listen, if we look at First John chapter 4, verse 1, this is what he's saying over there. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. And this is what, what happened. The people who were supposed to stand for God, they became false and went out into the world. Some of them never was true. It was just a false. Anybody ever saw the movie Buck and the Preacher? Preacher had a big old gun in the Bible. And he wasn't no preacher at all. <laughs> a thief and a heathen is what he was. You had a lot of that back there too. But then you had those that were serious about God. And and in the African American uh, uh, communities, and they they didn't know a whole lot of stuff. But they knew that if they prayed, God would move for them. Yeah. 
They they saw God turn things around for them. They could work all day and make 85 cents a week and all kind of madness. But the prayers of the righteous avail as much. And those that decided to be right with God, God heard their prayer. But everybody benefited from it. Everybody benefited from it. That's why we're the salt of the earth. Well, we're what we give the earth is safer. And because we are here still working and trusting God and believing God and uh, uh, trying to not save the world, but do the work that he called us to in the vineyard, everybody benefit from it. The good, the bad, and the ugly benefit from my prayer because I pray for the country. I pray for the land. Pray for the food that they're serving us now because I don't know what it is. Yeah, Philippians 1, 9, and 10 says this. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Your love abound. Because if I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, it's up to you to open your eyes. It's up to you to pray, go to God and say, Lord, Susan Barbara said this, this, and that. What is this? Because back in the days, there were things put in place to keep us safe. But we no longer wanted that. We want to be crooks and scammers. We, we no longer want what's honest and what's pure and what's good. We want the fake stuff. That's why we got so much of it. They even brought TV shows. Oh, my goodness. Terrence Howard and Taraji P. Henson, I think her name is. They played in a show, I've forgotten what it is, and they had a son, and it's just crooked, and just one evil against another one, and ooh, just, just too much for me. I couldn't watch it. Then they had another one. I've forgotten the name of this one, but the girl from Ray, the one that, in the movie Ray Charles, the one that, the, 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 the movie Ray Charles married. She's in it, and she's going with the president, and he got a why. Too much information for me. Because when we get up with this stuff, we get that mentality. As Brother Lewis said, desensitize. We're going to come out of what's real and start accepting the faith. We're going to stop believing the truth and start believing a lie. We're going to accept anything they bring about. Oh, that's all right. Oh, they they good people. Oh, they that look, Cornelius was good. Go to your scripture. Gave much alms to the poor. Peter down the, uh, uh, sent Cornelius told Cornelius to send down the job and get Peter. Peter on the rooftop. God showed him. I'm for everybody. Now go down there to Cornelius. And Cornelius and his family had to receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. Being good is not enough because I can be good today and bad tomorrow. But if I have the spirit of God living in me and I allow the spirit of God to lead and guide me, I'm not going to hit in this. Again, this morning, I'm not perfect. I'm striving for perfection in God. Listen, Hebrews 5 and 14. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. 
even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We got to discern. If you don't discern, you're going to fall for anything. Yeah. We'll go for, because see, we're not watching as well as praying. We've been desensitized. We're following what the world says. I'm sure when the church began to change, the mothers of the church, the older deacons, they looking like, what is going on? I would have left up out of there, which I did. If God is not in it, I don't want none of it. And if this is your way, and you telling me this is what God was talking about, look here. I, I got my own relationship with him. He speaks to me, Pastor, like he speaks to you. And he didn't tell me this. He told me to keep going back to the old path, taking a look around. But we didn't do that. We went along with what they was doing. They brought the TVs in the church. Oh, my goodness. ATMs in the church. They turned the church like a business. What you do to, to, to make money for your business, that's what they started doing with the church business. That's not news. Foolishness. That's a first-class ticket to hell. I know folks don't like to hear that either. Because they done told them, ain't no such thing. You're not going to hell. It's as true as you don't have Jesus, you're going. I hope you got him. <laughs> if you don't have Jesus and you're going to church and all of this stuff and you're giving money to the church, the only way to God is through his son. Now, that's what his word said, and I believe it. Listen. Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What, what that is? The word of God. Do we know it? Are we willing to live it? Are we living to obey it? Are we living to walk by? Are we willing to snatch our children out of these public schools and teach them at home, trust God to pay our bills? I don't know if we can do it because we done bit off more than we can chew. We're trying to live this American dream they told us about. We done got in so much debt which wasn't even called for. Because I'm trying to live like the Joneses. I'm trying to live above my means. I'm trying to show uh, 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 this woman, I'm going to get what I can do for her and I done messed up. It goes back to this. There's a way to seem right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. We got to be led by God. And sometimes we done got into these, situ- into these situations. We need to go back to him and ask him, Lord, help us. I did that when I wasn't discerning. I did that when I wasn't drawing closer to you. I did that when I was walking in my flesh. God help me today. He will in no wise cast you out. He'll come in and turn that whole thing around and make it better for you. For the word of God is quick. 
and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word will change you. It changed me. I didn't always think right. The word blessed. I thought I was a good person to a certain extent. I thought, you know, I'm all right, but I wasn't. I was not all right. I was a thief. I would even murder people with my tongue. It wasn't enough for me to lie. But the new creation that God made can't do all of that. Anything that's against God, that new creation don't want anything to do with it. But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If you still think in that old way, go back to that altar and make sure you get it this time. Seek God's face. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent. And we don't just repent on Sunday. We don't just repent one time. We repent all the time, all throughout the day. I'm repenting. Listen, Proverbs 3 and 1 and 6 and 35, but this little bit right here. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Don't forget my word, please. But let your heart keep it. Remember what he said in his word. He took the Ten Commandments and turned them into two. If you do the two, you've done the ten. He made things easy for us. But we can't see that because we want the ways of the world. I want to look like I'm 65, but I want to look like somebody at 65. I'm gonna look like a 20 year old woman. I'm coming and I go to church and I'm up in the pulpit. I say I'm the pastor wife. I say I'm the pastor of the church. I say I'm property so and so and I mean evangelist so-and-so, and I minister so-and-so, but I got the world mentality up in the pulpit. The proof is in the pudding. When you look at me, you can see who I represent. People don't understand this. They want to talk about old-fashioned, old-school. He said go back to the old path and take a look around. I didn't say it. Because if we stay on that old path, it's going to lead us to the straight and narrow path, and we'll be able to walk that path. Few there be. Not many there, but every now and then you're going to pass somebody on that narrow road. Now, after he told us about, forget, don't forget his law and let, let your heart keep it, keep his commandments, he come back and he said, judge not according to the appearance. But judge righteous judgment. <laughs> Some folks look 
I've been there and done that. I used to go to Georgia, and that was a part for me to, to play. So I dressed a certain way, but nothing skimpy, short, stiletto-ish, hoish, none of that foolishness. Because during this time, he was using me to even draw youth. And that was a young man I worked with in Georgia. And see, he looking at the world. He looking at TV. And if you dress like the mother of the church, he wasn't going to talk to you. So I dressed a certain way, one provocative and nothing like that, and he could accept that, and I would talk to him, you know. He was like, yeah, I've never heard about that. And during this time, I was blessed to keep up with the latest rap music. All of this was for a season. It wasn't forever. And God placed something in him, and my job was done. My assignment was over. I could move on. He go back and he said again over in Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, My son, if thou would receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 and 15. But such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Listen, it's not only fake news, it's fake church, it's fake church people. I know some of y'all know them fake church people, it's fake pastors, apostles, preachers, bishops, so-called prophets and prophets. These folks don't got, they don't have nothing for you. John 4 says, for God is love. He taught us before he left to go back. Listen, don't love like the world. You got to love unconditionally. I can't love you because you're hair blonde. I can't love you because you're hair blue. I can't love you because you got the beautiful lashes. I got to love you for God is love and God is in me. And he going to give you the right love. I can't love the man because he's tall. Been there with the foolishness. God rebuked me and straightened me out. I can't love him because he's tall. He's handsome. He got the right amount of weight on him. Foolishness. No. I got to love him because God is love and God is in me. And his spirit is in me. And it leads and guides and teaches me how to love. Unconditionally, again. I don't have no motives behind the love. I just love you. You're human. Especially the members of the household of faith, especially the members of the believers. When we look at Peter's first, when we look at his writing, look who he's talking to. The church, us. We don't get it because we still want to hang out with the world and do. Let me tell you, I cut that family thing a loose. No, I can't come to your birthday party and you're having shots and this. I I, I can't come to your 4th of July cookout and you're cussing and you're know. Now, Thanksgiving, you have a little bit more respect, but you're still getting drunk. But, you know, you're trying to hide it because, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's time to thank God. 
I go over there, you know, I can hang out a little while, then I'm gone. Because either you're going to love God like I love him, you're going to do God like I do him, you're going to try to please him like I do, uh, we not going, we can't go. How can two walk together except they agree? That's the word. That's not Bible. When I looked at 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15, for such a false apostles, deceitful workers, listen, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. It's not the world and the scammers in the world. It's in the church. And they bring you news in the church about things that are going to give the church money. Well, it ain't the church building that's getting the money. It's the one over it. And many times they're building their own empire. They're just using the name of God. Wake up. We got to wake up. Give your money where the good news of Jesus is being spread. Where the gospel is being spread. Not where they're talking about building a new church and putting chandeliers and all of that. I, 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 I heard a sister tell me the other day, oh, they having church in the school building. I'm praying that God give me some money. And I want to help them build a church. They don't need that. Well, back in the day, go back to the book of Acts. They assembled at houses. Wasn't no such a thing. They didn't go to them synagogues and all that over there with the devil and the foolishness. They didn't believe God. They didn't believe Jesus. They had them books from back there with Noah, Noah uh, Moses, and, and that's all they cared about. And them like they waiting on the Messiah. God had already sent Jesus. You didn't know him. You didn't know he had come. Because you didn't know God. You held on to them papers. The scribes, what was written on them papers? The scrolls, what was written on them papers? That's all they had. They didn't seek God for real, for real. They walked around with the big tassels on and the big robes and looking deep and want people to respect them. Uh, go back there and look at Hopline Finish. <laughs> go back there and look at the sons of, of, of Prophet Samuel. Skimming off the top, taking God's best. Got the women laying up with them. For such a false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. First Corinthians 2 and 14 says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I'm going to go back over there. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I don't want that. I want what's natural. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Thank you. Thank you. And we're still talking about news, news, news. They say. They say it's news. And look how look how people are. And and, and look how people go along with the foolishness. From the foundation of America, they said America was built on God. As far as I could see. Jesus was always in the plan. He was always the way to the Father. He was always the way to go to God. He was always the way to get to Jehovah God. 
But as time progressed on, the natural man wanted to get rid of Jesus, get rid of God, and any kind of human decency or any human thing that was moral. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. See, he can't receive that. He want to push it out the way, destroy it, get rid of it. Look, the country was founded on God. But you let some woman tell you prayer shouldn't be. And especially in school with children. But this is how you got to America. God bless you. <laughs> Have mercy. It says, but they are foolish, foolishness unto him. And that's the way it is today. It's foolishness unto the natural man today. That's why they don't like the truth. They don't want none of God. They have a form of God, and it's what they deny, the power thereof. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. He can't know it. And until man decides to come to God spiritually, I, I told you he's a spirit. The scripture said, walk in the spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. But people don't want to hear that. I can't walk in no spirit. I've had them to tell me, oh, I can't live like that all day. Oh, I can't live for God all day. I, I mean, in the morning, I, I wake up and tell him thank you. And when something happens, you know, I find me a scripture. And believe me, that's the way they do people. That's the way they're doing their husband and wife. They use us. In some cases, do their own children like that because they use us. God done bless you to wake up this morning. He done bless you to go throughout your day and you don't have nothing for him. He could cut your breath off right now. Because when you get to the job, you got to joke and play and all of this. You don't have time to remember the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Praying that the Lord of the harvest would send more labors. Well, how about the labor he called you to that you could be doing for him on the job? Now you, you don't have time for that. Your natural man want to be pleased. The flesh. Colossians 2 and 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Y'all got to hear it. Beware. We got to watch as well as pray. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. It's going to be about what they're talking about. And they're going to flip this word around for you and have you thinking all kind of crisscross and and, 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 and oh, he, he said, who, 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 hey, who bewitch you? Because that's what they're doing to you. Because you're not seeking God for yourself. You're not walking in the spirit. You're not keeping your, you're going on what they say, what the preacher says. And we told you right up here. For such a false prophet, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They go for pastors too, evangelists, missionaries, whatever they call in themselves. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. I'm through right there now. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy 
and vain deceit, after the, the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. See, because some churches tell you, oh, you ain't got to do that. That's bondage. Oh, you don't have to do that. That's not God. He's not the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Spirit. King James said it was the Holy Ghost. Now, I, I, I believe that. <laughs> I wasn't there when he inspired man to write it, but I believe it. And see, I know how man is. Man will change something around right now through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men. Yeah, we don't like traditions. See? We don't like all of that and some other stuff we don't like. So we flip it around and add to it and make people think it's this when it's not. But he was the one, God said, go back to the old path and take a look around. He inspired man to write that. 1 Corinthians 14 and 33 says this, for God is not the author of confusion. If you confuse, just notice today, that's not God. But of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And see, that's what made me leave the church, too. When I saw y'all can hell raise in here. And when I see something about the scripture, no, no, that ain't what I'm talking about. Well, it should be what you're talking about in his house, raising hell. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace in all churches of the saints. See, where the saints of God is, there's going to be peace. Because there's going to be liberty, freedom, love, in his house. Nobody thinking they're more than they ought. Nobody's above nobody. Even when the bishop comes, he's humble. Now when he's up in the spirit of God using him, he has to obey the spirit of God. But he's a humble person. And when he come to you, he come to you in love. He come humbly to you. A bishop in Alabama, this this was years later. I went to do a women's uh, retreat, conference, something. I went to be a speaker. And the bishop came to me, and he began to prophesy to me. And the way this man prophesied to me, he was just humble. He said, come on. He was like the, 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 the top bishop, you know the one that have all the churches, and he go around and see about all the churches, you know. They was like, well, come on, Bishop, we got you all set up down here. He was going to see what they was talking about. They was getting ready to serve dinner. He was going to see what they was talking about, but along the way, you could see him stop shaking people's hand, talking to them. He wasn't above himself. That's another thing. In this journey here, you get lonely sometimes because you just can't hang out with people all the time. There are things go on with you. You can't tell everybody these things. They won't understand. But when you're real in God, you're humble. When you're real in God, you love people. You like having people, you know, around. They invite you somewhere. You like going. It only gets hard when we get tired. And then when we see you're using God and you use us, we give it back to him. But 
a lot of times that that's that's touching. Because the only thing you got for me is what I can give you. You never have, you never think about me. You only want me to be concerned about what you need. I'm the woman of God. I'm an evangelist. God created me. This is my calling. This is my office that he gave to me. I'm yet human. And I have feelings. I'm a giver. I believe in giving. (laughs) Yeah, I believe in giving. And not just to the work of God, but to people. Even if you come visit me, I, 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 it, it, it'd be rough some days because I'm like, you're crazy. You, you didn't think to buy nothing for this person. You knew they was coming. Well, I didn't have money. So I have to go look for something brand new in my closet or, you know, wherever I got stuff stored, you know, so that I can give. God loves a cheerful giver. And believe me, he blessed me. He blessed me, but I'm just saying how it feels that nobody care. Just let me get what I can get. Now, if she needs something, she better ask for it. Why I got to ask? <laughs> I've already said. Many days what I do. Many days what I need. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. The saints of God. Those that walking up right before him, the very best that they can. Those that have sold out to him 100%. For God I live or for God I die. I'm going to obey you, Lord, if it costs my life. Then it comes on back to James 1 and 5. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraid us not, and it shall be given unto him. And that's our problem. We're not asking God for wisdom. And when he does give wisdom, we ignore it because it don't feel the way we want it to feel to us. Yeah. And it will be all right. In Jesus' name. Listen, I got to go to a request of the morning. And um, after this request, I want to get a testimony.
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Or there's a few ounces on on the floor, in front of the couch, there's music going in the background, and I had a refrigerator full of beer. I'm I'm going, man, two weeks ago, this was jackpot. But there's one thing I I did realize when I walked into that house, and and my buddy realized it too, is the darkness. The Lord revealed the darkness. That's something that I was used to, um, and, and it was inviting for me. Uh, the darkness that was in that room, and, and I could only stay for about 10 minutes. Now, two weeks before, it, it, like I said, it would have been my kind of party. It was my kind of scene. This was that I could have stayed there for hours and probably would have crashed overnight or something like that. But when I left that house, I said this to my friend. I said, yeah, I said, it's like I was in an egg, and an egg opened up, and I sprang to new life. Little did I know I was describing Second Corinthians 5.17 that it says, when a man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is past. Behold, everything has become new. Uh, John, can you please give us your full name? Jonathan Zepps, Sr. And what is your uh, your age? I just turned 69 in July. And what testimony will you be sharing with us today? I want to talk about my salvation, how God redeemed me. Uh, I was born and raised Catholic in a Catholic family. There was five kids, mom and dad. Uh, I went to Catholic school for five years and did my first communion and all the religious things that the Catholics do, my confirmation. And then as I was growing up, um, I discovered I had a need for friendship. It was kind of like I would do anything for fun. I used to love to make people laugh. Uh, Back then, I I think I still do. But the one thing that I had was a lot of hatred in me. Uh, I had a lot of anger in me. And I believe it's because my father had a lot of anger. And he was a disciplinarian. He abused us kids as we were growing up. I was what's called raised by the belt. And he had a very short fuse. And there was no second chances with him. So uh, as I grew up, I developed a taste for alcohol. I started drinking at a young age. There was a friend of mine. We were at a parish picnic at uh, the Rockville Civic Center. And near the end of the picnic, him and I would uh, go back and forth taking pictures uh, of beer go for the table where my dad was sitting at and his friends. And we would run them over to the keg, and they would fill them up for for us and we'd hide in the bushes and we'd take a couple hits off of it. And I was only 11 years old when that happened. And I remember getting a, uh, a buzz with my friend Rick doing that. So I, we would go to the beer store, uh, me and my friend John. And, and before we went to CCD, this is after I left Catholic school and was in junior high at the time, we would go to the local, uh, beer store and, uh, 
we would steal quarts of beer. I had a jacket that's back then that's probably still too big for me now, and we just stick a couple in them, and then we would chug them or do what we, whatever we needed to do before CCD. And I had a, another guy, this uh, uh, this black guy, he was a caretaker on a farm. I believe he was about 80 years old, and he'd come by the house and go up to the Bellbee house, and we would give him money to get us beer, and he'd, he'd put it behind a bush. And like I said, we were young. Now we're 13, 14 years old. So I had this taste. I liked the buzz. And then um, when I, I was drinking in high school uh, quite a bit, almost every night, uh, I actually worked up a, at a restaurant up the street, and I would sneak beer out the back door Um uh, on a continual basis, and by the weekend, I had enough with my friends and stuff like this. So it, it grew into life was nothing but a party for me. I, I didn't take anything serious. Uh, I, I really didn't care about anything. I could hold a job, uh, but I remember going out drinking and partying and doing that stuff. I, I, I got introduced to smoking dope, and if you could put it on dope, I'd smoke it. Smoked a lot of hash. Um, a lot of PCP, um, angel dust, and uh, I did opiated hash one time. Uh, but it, it was the party scene, and I really enjoyed it because it went along with my laughter. But I think on the inside, when nobody was around, I was very much alone. I had plenty of friends. Friends would call me up every night. I was like, Mr. Party, what are we doing tonight? Uh, I was the cruise director of the party, and we'd go down D.C., or uh, on occasions I'd get a keg and have a couple hundred people over at my house to have a keg party and that sort of thing. So that was the party scene. So during this time, I, I had a girlfriend, um, and we were in a relationship, and we were over at the house. And uh, I had a six-pack of beer sitting next to me, and we're watching TV. And my my mom comes in. It's about 10 o'clock at night, 10:30, and she came in like she just flowed in the door. And so, hey, mom, how you doing? And she goes, you know, what's going on with you? And she goes, oh, I just went to this prayer meeting. It was so good. And I'm thinking, what's a prayer meeting? And so my girlfriend goes, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, and then mom goes, yeah, I'd like for you to go with me. And I knew where this, I knew where this was heading. I can feel the conviction on me. So I said, check me out in five years. I don't even want to hear about this, you know, basically. In other words, don't bring it up again because it made me feel very uncomfortable. Well, I continued in with my partying and friends. Uh, I would get get in fights here and there. I didn't look for fights. They found me, uh, but I was afraid of nobody. My father was six six, and so when when you're when you're this tall and you're getting disciplined or something like that, you develop uh, within you a non fear of people or man because you know six six he's up, he's up there someplace. So no, I, I didn't fear any men. I, I I would get in fights with people bigger than me. Uh, the anger would take over, uh, and it, it was just horrible. You know, I didn't feel good about being doing that. I, I, 
or doing those sorts of things. I, I had friends that were big that got in fights and they feared me, but I, I was just a little scrawny kid. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, like six two, two forty. I was like um, five ten, maybe one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty pounds back then. So anyway, the drinking every night escalated, and, and then uh, I, I lived in a house with four of the guys. And, and it was like party all the time. There was beer on the kitchen floor all the time, and this is where we'd have our keg parties and stuff like this. I went out and bought me uh, a stereo back in 1975 that cost about five $600, which was a lot of money back then. And big Altec speakers, and I'd play Lucky Man on, and, and the bass on it was so loud, the needle would skip across the record. And, and we just sit there and loving it and bring people in to come in to hear this stereo. And so we partied every night. The other guys would bring their girlfriends in. There was girls around the house and stuff like this. I'd broke up with my girlfriend since then. And so... Uh, continued in that mode, but something was happening to me on the inside. Uh, I would go to sleep and it was like, I would feel demonic presence trying to pull me off the bed. And it would seem like the bed would really vibrate and shake and, and uh, it was scary as, as all get out. But if I was drinking, there, there wasn't that problem. And I remember one particular night I came home, I was exhausted. I went to bed at six o'clock instead of going to bed at 10 or 11. I woke up about nine and I said, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm going to have those nightmares. So I ran down the street, got a couple six packs, drank them down quick so I could, uh, you know, get to sleep and, and sleep solidly through the night. And so, um, that that's why one another reason later on uh, with the drinking I wanted to drink so I could sleep soundly, and so I I need to have the light on or the TV on in my room because the, the fear it was just so horrible. So time progressed, time progressed, and and then suddenly in my life I had this disdain for what I was doing. I didn't understand it. I got tired of the drinking and the smoking and the partying. And, and How old are you by this time? I was 25. So um, that was a long time ago. So uh, I got, I, I just had this thing and someone brought up Lent, the season of fasting. So in my mindset, as corrupt as it was, I said, uh, I'm going to quit drinking. And I said this, if Jesus can die on the cross for me, I can give up drinking 40 days for him. So I quit drinking, but I was still smoking dope. And uh, I was at a party one time, and someone noticed I didn't have a beer in my hand. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you in I noticed you're not drinking at night. And I said, well, I quit for Lent. You know, and nothing's changed in me. It was just a matter of days at that time, maybe two weeks into it. And they said, well, you're still smoking dope. You're a hypocrite. Like, I didn't even know what a hypocrite was, but I said, well, the heck with you. I'll quit that, too. So I quit, quit that as well. But in retrospect, looking back, one thing I did, did notice about my life, I was a very selfish person. And it's like when you don't have the Lord in your life, when you don't have the spirit of God in your life, everything is about you. 
And so I knew how to manipulate people, and I did, wasn't aware of doing it. I just knew how to do it. And everything was gimme, 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 me, me, me. So onward with this uh, fasting, doing the fast, God shows up, and he asked me a question. What have you done since you've been out of high school? And so at that point, uh, 26, 18, seven or eight years have passed. How did how did how did he show up? Well, I just I just heard this voice in me that was asking me about my question. I mean, asking me a question about my life and the direction I was going in. And it was like an awareness. It wasn't like John. What are you doing? It was like an awareness. You've been out of school for seven or eight years now. Where are you heading? And so it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I realize I'm really screwing my life up, really making a mess out of my life. And, I, and remember, now I'm sober. I don't have any alcohol on me. I'm free of, of pot uh, for about two weeks, and I'm sober. And, my, and for the first time, I'm sober for the first time, like in seven or eight years, maybe nine years at that point, totally sober. And so it, it was like God saying something to me. So coincidentally, if you want to call it that, my friend Rick, when we were 11 years old, we were, when we were doing the drinking at the Paris picnic shows up, he said he wants to come over and see me. I said, sure, yeah, come on over and see me. And so Rick shows up. Now, Rick was a very hardcore party. He used to shoot up. He was a mess. He was working for a friend of mine, <clears throat> and um, working for a friend of mine's dad making precast stone. So they had a cement mixer, and somehow he got his leg caught in it, tore up his leg really bad. So I go to visit at the go visit Rick at the hospital, and he's there doped up on morphine or whatever, and in the drawer next to him. Yeah, I remember this is 1975, 76. And the drawer next to him is a bag of dope. If he got caught with that, he's looking at five years. This isn't like it is today. But it, it was hard. he was hardcore. He's smoking dope in his room while he was doing this. So uh, he died. Um, he died, and God you know, revived him and this sort of thing when he was shooting drugs. So Rick shows up, and he changed totally. It's just my mother was a woman of God, and, and during those five years, she was praying for me, and, and she never preached to me or anything, but you could just see that Jesus was all over her. The Holy Spirit was all over this woman. So I'm looking at Rick, and this is the only person I knew that had a radical change in his life, and he's speaking the truth to me, and it's like, I was hungry. I was thirsty for this because I got tired of the drinking. I got tired of the party life. It, it just leads to nowhere. It's just a repeat of the day before uh, is, is what's going on in your life. And so you think you're having fun, but you're actually miserable doing it. So Rick said he is going to a revival service down in Rockville, Anderson Street, uh, Anderson Street Church of God, that's what it was, and asked me if I wanted to go. And I, I said, yeah, I'll go. And so he took me He took me and, and the friend of mine, my roommate at the time, uh, to this revival meeting. And, and here I'm used to a Catholic setting where you kneel, sit, stand, sit, kneel, 
um, and these people, this guy was preaching, and these people going, amen, praise the Lord, and I didn't have any understanding what was going on. I didn't remember one word that preacher said in about an hour of preaching or during the service, but I knew that God was in that place. I've never seen anything like it. And so I was talking to Rick and I said, you know, Rick, uh, my mom goes to these prayer meetings and um, I'm going to go one of these days. And Rick said, John, the time is now. And it's like, it just, it hit me. It was like, this is now. This is, there's something about that now word that just uh, spoke to me. And, and I said, all right, Rick, thank you. I, that night, I was, uh, back then, I was working for Cincinnati Time Recorder, and I would repair time clocks and stuff, personnel clocks. And we had the McDonald's contract. I mean, we had hundreds of thousands of, of clocks in the area, the Pentagon, the White House, and stuff like that. And so I, I went to Warrington, Virginia during the day, picked up a clock, and I told my boss I'd go take it back at night. So this was after revival meeting. It's about 8 o'clock, and I head down there, and my buddy's with me, and I have another buddy who's still drinking in the back seat of my car. But my buddy and I were on the same page. He was friends with Rick, and Rick spoke to him about the Lord. And, and so on the way back from that, God came into my life. The Lord came into my life. There was no sinner's prayer. There was there was nothing like that. It's just that I knew I was sick uh, of what I was doing, and I, I just knew I wanted the Lord, and He and He knows our hearts, and He came into me, and He came into my friend too as well. And I just I just felt so light. I just felt the love of God. And so the next day, one of the girls that used to hang around our house shows up uh, to the house, and she looked at me. I didn't even say anything. I came into the house. She just looked at me. She goes, you changed. And so, you know, I was saying, yeah, I still don't understand what happened. And so um, that Thursday night, the prayer meetings were on Thursday night that my mom was going to. I was going, I'm going to surprise her. And I remember this this girl I like called hadn't dated her yet calls me up Thursday night, beautiful girl, John, can I come over tonight? You know because I had a stereo and we that party and stuff. I said I'm going to church. I never heard from her again. Um, all these guys that used to call me up when I when they asked me what I was doing, I'm going to church. I never heard from some of these guys ever again. Did that, that bother was, you? That was 40. No, not at all. Um, so anyway, I go to I go to this prayer meeting, Mother of God prayer meeting in Potomac. There was a room with about 300 believers in it. And, and most of them were young. And these people knew how to worship. I'd never seen anything like this. But my spirit was just like drinking it in. And then I, I was sitting there. And, and two seats over there was this beautiful girl, and she had the voice of an angel. And God gave me a prophetic gifting, and I looked at her, and I, I said, she'd make a good wife. And that's, that's the woman I've been married to for 43 years now, Sharon. Wow. Um, but that's a whole, whole other story. But the amazing thing about that night was it was exactly five years to the day that when my mother first walked through that door, that I said, check me out in five years. Wow. Now, 
I'm wondering either that makes me not a liar or there's just something supernatural. You can go look on your calendar, March 22nd, on a Monday when I got saved and Thursday night, March 25th, 1976. And you would see, and, and um, well, that was 71, Mom asked me that. And it was 76, five years to the day later. And so God really changed me. Uh, I never drank again from the time I was on it. Never smoked, never had a desire to. And I remember when my buddy and I were at the house, these these two girls, I really didn't know them. We we get people in and out of this house because there's four of us guys, and, you know, they have girlfriends. They have girlfriends that come in and out. And we were talking about the Lord, and, and I was trying to defend the Lord, but I really didn't know. I didn't even know a verse from the Bible back then. And so we were, we were talking, and they listened to us, and all I had my testimony, and I didn't even know what a testimony was. I was just sharing, well, I was this way last week, and this way I, I don't want to do it anymore. I felt the presence of God in me. It was overwhelming. And so they invited us to a party. Now, I didn't know any difference. I didn't have any discipleship or anything back then to say, no, you don't really go to those kind of parties anymore. So we promised to go, and I remember them calling up saying, yeah, you promised to go to a party with us. So the party wasn't too far away, about five miles away up here on Seneca Road. And I remember going in. There wasn't the 200 people that I would have around. There was just a few. I walked in the door. There was a few ounces on on the floor in front of the couch. There's music going in the background, and I had a refrigerator full of beer. I'm, I'm going, man, two weeks ago, this was jackpot. But there's one thing I, I did realize when I walked into that house, and, and my buddy realized it too, is the darkness. The Lord revealed the darkness. That's something that I was used to. Um, and and it was inviting for me, uh, the darkness that was in that room, and, and I could only stay for about 10 minutes. Now, two weeks before, it, it, like I said, it would have been my kind of party. It was my kind of scene. This was that I could have stayed there for hours and probably would have crashed overnight or something like that. But when I left that house, I said this to my friend. I said, yeah, I said, it's like I was in an egg and an egg opened up, and I sprang to new life. Little did I know I was describing Second Corinthians uh, 5.17, that it says, when a man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is past. Behold, everything has become new. It was like God showed me. He had me go to that party because I, I was going, did I really change? You know, I was questioning my salvation at the time. Like I said, I had no fellowship. I didn't have any of these spirit-filled churches that you're going to now other than the Thursday night meetings. And God was just showing me, yes, you have changed. You're a new creation and you're my son. So God continued uh, on in my life uh, to where I wasn't self-centered anymore. I ended up marrying Sharon. We have six kids. Uh, and the anger, I had a very foul mouth, and I remember that that was one of the first things that went. I, I remember the next day, the the four-letter profanities, which in normal conversation, I don't care who you were, 
I would use just so freely. It was a part of my speech. It was a part of who I am. And that was one of the first things the Lord took away from me is that profanity, that heart of hatred, that speech of hatred. And, and, he, and he gave me new life, and he gave me that love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And, and it's not like everything happens all at once. It's just like God reveals things to you. Here, I've been in the Lord 45 years, and, and recently uh, he, he was showing me reasons why uh, I have um, – disappointments in my life and sort of and that sort of thing why he showed me another thing uh, that when I was young why I have a hard time receiving things from people so he shows them to you and you just ask the Lord for forgiveness and it's just like that's gone it's gone I don't have disappointments if I if I uh, was had planned something with you and you, something came up, maybe a death in the family, and you, you couldn't make it, I'd be so disappointed it would hurt me. But now uh, God just reveals that thing, and he's so gentle. And, and one thing I know about the Lord is this. In reading the Bible, I believe that he puts the most important things first. The first commandment is basically love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's so we can do the other nine Uh but he says this in First Corinthians thirteen four. He says, "Love is patience." He didn't say love is kind, love is gentle. He says love is patience, which means he is patience. We are his children, and he is so patient with us in our walk with him. And another verse that I just love is is out of Lamentations. It says that his mercies are never failing; they are new every morning. So whenever we do something wrong or, you know, we come short of the glory of God, we just say, we ask the Lord for forgiveness. And as that sun comes up in a new morning, his mercies are made new. And you go, thank you, Lord, for a new day. And you ask for his grace to get you through. So by the grace of God, um, I'm uh, active in King of the Nations prayer ministry. I've been in prayer ministry now for almost as long as I've been a believer from various churches and stuff. And it's my heart to see people get set free from their addictions or get set free. It doesn't have to be drug or alcohol. I think uh, the church struggles most with is bitterness and unforgiveness. And many people they're, they harbor bitterness and unforgiveness that's stuffed down there towards somebody. And they think it's something that they can carry around, but it's very offensive to God and it quenches the spirit, the spirit's fire. So I've learned that over the years. I forgave my father. And, and you know, when forgiveness is there, because you look back and you say those things that used to be real, you can relive those moments. And when God's agent of forgiveness is there, it's like you ask yourself, did that really happen? And of course it did, but the sting isn't there, that, that, that hate and that bitterness uh, that springs up that defiles many is not there. So I, I'm just thankful for the Lord and what he's done and being so patient with me and the life that he's given me, uh, the endurance that he has given me to run this race. 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be 70 next year. I, what do I have, 20, 25 years left? But it, it's just such a blessing to be in God's presence doing what he has called me to be instead of doing what I think I should be. John, for anybody who is watching right now um, your testimony, uh, what can you say to them? What are some last words that you can offer to them? Anyone who is watching this, and even in the midst of a crowd, you feel alone. If you feel you don't have a plan or purpose in your life, if you feel hopelessness in your life, and you may be the most religious person in the world, you may go to church every day, I would just say, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, and that is God loves you. Um, There is something I find quite remarkable about what God has done in my life, and and. I used when I used to work on equipment and stuff, I would keep a mileage log every day. And then I could have written anything possible uh, on that day, that Monday, the 22nd. And, and what I wrote is the love of God is accepted. And it's just like, that's what it comes down to. You're rejecting the love of God in your life and all that he has for you. The word says that God demonstrates his love in this, that Christ died for you. That means that during all this time of party and stuff, God wasn't waiting for me to perfect myself. It says that God loved me so much that he sent Jesus to the cross. And so I I would just uh, implore you to get right with God. Ask him for forgiveness for your sin. Ask him to show you the direction that you were going in, like he showed me what direction I was going in. So that's what I would say to anybody watching this. If you had an abusive father or somebody was abusive um, that was in a position of authority, you need to forgive. And God will give you the grace. That's, That's one thing about the Lord. I do understand very clearly is this. Any place where he commanded us to do anything, he does not expect us to do it on our own. That he has given us the Holy Spirit, the helper, to come alongside of us and enable us to do what God has called us to do. That's called his grace. Other banks go out of their way to make How many come in here to have church tonight? Oh, you in the right place.
just a radio. This is Jesus in the Morning Radio, spreading the good news of Jesus. That I started having uh, these special forces and Delta Force and Navy SEALs and Air Force Special Operations join my Bible study. Now, I'm a pencil neck geek bureaucrat, and I thought it was God's little irony that these uh, he-men and killers would join a Bible study that that I would lead, and I, I keep up with most of them, you know, to this day. I'm uh, Bud Greenberg. I live in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I'm 66 years old, and uh, I, I work for the Department of the Army at the Pentagon. So I reported to the Pentagon in July of 1992, and my sponsor was a Bible study leader there. He says, well, why don't you come with me to Friday noon Bible study? So I went with them. Afterwards, I said, oh, that was awesome. I want to be a leader. So he goes, well, why don't we pray about it and wait until the Lord's timing? So every few months, I would nag him about becoming a Bible study leader. So finally, in the spring of 1994, almost two years later, he says, okay, I think you're ready, and I want you to lead with this other guy. We're going to have a luncheon, and then I'll announce it, and then the two of you can lead. So we go to the luncheon. He announces it, and then afterwards, the other guy I'm supposed to lead with, who I know pretty well, says, um, I need to talk to you and a couple of the other guys. So we go into the restaurant, and then to a little foyer, and he goes, uh, I have something to share. I am under court-martial for soliciting men for sex in the Pentagon gym. So the other two guys look to me, and they sort of say, well, you're our leader. Do something. So I was like, okay. So I said, well, let's hold hands. And then I said, um, you know, Fred, we can't undo what's done, but we can endeavor from this moment on to walk holy before the Lord and we'll see what the Lord does. So we held hands and I prayed and, and then I walked back to work and then the Lord spoke to me by the Holy spirit and says, uh, what about you? So I thought, well, what about me? So, uh, at my church that weekend, I sought out one of the men of the church and I said, uh, you and I are going to become accountability partners. And so he goes, to me, he says, okay, but what's an accountability partner? And I said, well, you know, I don't know, but I, why don't we find out together? So a uh, long story short, we walked with our friend Fred. Uh, he was court-martialed. We were at his court-martial. Uh, he had been sexually molested as a child, and uh, we supported him. And his wife, when he shared it with his wife, uh, she really had a godly reaction. And then they became leaders in this uh, ministry for other sexually broken people. And through their reconciliation to each other and to the Lord, they've been able to minister to hundreds of thousands these next 25 years of people that have like testimonies. And, uh, you know, I, I realized, you know, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit's anointing. And, you know, I was uh, a leader through off and on over the next 20 some years. Uh, right after that, I started having uh, 
these special forces and Delta Force and Navy SEALs and Air, Air Force Special Operations join my Bible study. Now, I'm a pencil neck geek bureaucrat, and I thought it was God's little irony that these uh, he-men and pillars would join a Bible study that, that I would lead. And I, I keep up with most of them, you know, to this day. You know, when the Lord puts you in a position, uh, if he appoints you, he'll also anoint you. And then I, you know, that during the time we would have these Bible studies and we'd never get to the Bible study because I would go, hello, and then we go around and share. And then usually somebody had a significant issue and and then they you know break down and then we'd lay hands on them and pray and that that was the hour so the my bible study leaders would say you know you you're there to lead a bible study and i go you know i i try to get the the bible i said but you know i go hello how are you and then you know an hour later we're done ministering and i i figure that's the you know and so what they did is they took the most conservative Baptist senior leader guys, and then they paired them with me. And so I said, you know, you're, uh, you got to know what you're walking into. So, I, you know, there'd be a dozen guys in the study and they would sit down and it's like, we really need to go through the the Bible. And I'm like, well, let's, let's pray f- first. And then an hour later. <laughs> so I, I always had difficulty actually getting into the word and going through the Bible study on these things. In fact, uh, my, my favorite story was there was this one, one guy, um, special ops Delta force guy that the, these other guys, they worked in the office and on Monday, this guy was a heathen, you know, and then the Holy spirit got convicted. And on Wednesday they led him to Christ. So I'm setting up for my Friday Bible study. The guy comes early, he introduces himself and he goes, I'm scared of you. I'm like, you're scared of me. I'm just a pencil neck geek bureaucrat. You're the killer. He goes, no, no. So they tell me what goes on in these Bible studies. And I, I, I have no idea. I just came early just to see for myself. So guys come in, we sit down and I said, um, does anybody have any prayer requests? And the guy raises his hand, a brand new believer at like 48 hours old. And he goes, I have two friends of mine that are going through brain surgery right as we speak. So I said, why do we hold hands and can you pray for them? He goes, I've, I've never prayed out loud before. I don't know what to do. I said, give it a shot. So we held hands and he prayed this most anointed prayer. And then, so I'm holding hands with two of my other brothers. One guy is a, a Navy SEAL and Tears are streaming down his face. The other guy's Air Force Special Operations. The guy looks like Superman. And he's got snot running down his nose because they realized, I mean, the power of God that took this guy who was earlier in the week lost and now is praying what we all recognize as anointed prayer for these two people. And uh, the end result was is that uh, one guy, uh, he led to Christ. And the other one, you know, he held his hand as he as he you know, went off into eternity. Uh, just, uh, boy, what, what God can do when you just decide to show up. Wow. So it's, it's not always like that every week, but um, uh, the Lord has a way of doing things. So, yeah. Looking back at that time, what did God teach you about relationship? Because it seems that what was happening there primarily 
was relationship. And we know that that's what God seeks with us, right? So I, I could see the, the hesitation of a leader saying that you need to go through the Bible because we know how important the word is. But what I'm hearing from you was this really just encounter uh, through relationship. So I'm just curious, what did God teach you about relationship in that time? Well, there was this guy named Doug. So one of the other guys in the Bible study says, will you talk to this guy because he's a brand new Christian and he needs a lot of help. So I met with Doug and, you know, so like sin is sort of like a bingo board and, you know, you sort of cover spaces on your particular sins, but rarely do you find somebody who's like committed every sin. So their bingo board is covered. This guy had his bingo board covered. So after I got done talking to it, to him, you know, I, I went to the Lord. I was like, you know, this is too hard. I mean, this guy is, is so afflicted um, that it's going to take some, something beyond me. And the Lord spoke to me and by the Holy Spirit. He says, no. He says, all you got to do is, is check up on him. So three times a week I would call Doug. I'm like, Doug, how are you? He goes, well, I was in the metro and this guy stepped in front of me. I was going to smash him one in the head. I said, did you do it? He goes, no. I said, good for you. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was that type of uh, uh, thing. And just the Lord, you know, sort of cleaned him up and one week at a time. And the Lord just said three times a week, call Doug and say, Doug, how are you? That, that's what I would do. And just to watch the Lord work on his life. And, uh, um, you know, he became stellar in the church and I mean, just, you know, just how the Lord does things is that he'll take uh, broken pieces of, and of a jar of clay and then, you know, put it, put the pieces back together by his power. And uh, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's all about people and relationships. That's, that's and then the, the word mixed in because it's the word of God that uh, sharper than a two edged sword. Now, I would love for you to share your um, salvation testimony of how you came to Jesus. So uh, growing up Jewish in Rochester, New York, um, our community was about a third Jewish, third Protestant, third Catholic, and maybe like zero zero percent Christian. So I whole idea, you know, I grew up thinking, well, so the Protestants were the bigots, the Catholics worshiped statues, and being Jewish, you know, we, we knew that, you know, we had no idea, but we knew those things that we knew is these Protestants and Catholics, that couldn't possibly be the right way to God. So um, just, I grew up in a reformed temple, which is, you know, very liberal. It's sort of like a, a Unitarian church with Jews in it is really reform and um but i knew the bible studies and i went to college and then i thought to myself um you know i could take a semester off and then because i like baseball i could go down to baseball and go to professional umpire school see if i could be a professional baseball umpire so i went down to florida i got off the plane in tampa and then um the van met me and there was this me and this other guy in the van and they took us out to the field and this guy says to me, introduces himself, and he says, can I tell you about Jesus? I don't know. 
talk to talk to me however you want to talk to me. That's fine. So he he shares uh, how he came to faith in Christ, what that meant to him, and the plan of salvation. And then after he's done, he says, "Well, what do you think?" And so I thought to myself, "Well, I'll share what I feel." So I said, "Well, you know, it's okay. You know, being Jewish, it's okay for me if you're a Christian. I'll still be your friend." And then Don and I were friends throughout the Empire course. I was not a very good umpire, so I never became a professional umpire. And I sort of lost track of him uh, for about a year. And then he contacted me out of the blue and he goes, hey, I need another usher for my wedding. Would you consider flying out to Michigan and being an usher in my wedding? And I said, well, sure. So I flew out from Boston where I was going to college to uh, Detroit. And then in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I was in his wedding. And then now my wife, Sue, was the maid of honor, and that's how we met. And uh, a year later, I asked her to marry me, and uh, we were discussing about uh, what it meant to be a mixed-faith couple. So we decided that we would support each other's religions and that if I went to temple, she'd come with me, and then if she went to church, I would go with her. So uh, – I was in the Army, uh, joined the Army, and then uh, got stationed in Germany, and uh, we started going to the chapel, and uh, there was, you know, a Jewish community that I would go to a few times a year, and I went to church. Uh, The chaplain gave the gospel invitation every week. I, you know, shook his hand. I even sang in the chapel choir, but I had absolutely no idea what the gospel was, what it meant, what I had to do about it, what the invitation was. I was just, it went right over my head and it did for years. Um, and then we were, I took a, um, assignment elsewhere in Germany and, uh, without telling Sue and that, that didn't go well. And so we had some difficulties after we moved. And so I went to a, a social worker and I said, you know, we're having difficulties uh, with our move. Um, what do I do? So the social worker says, well, what do you like to do? I said, well, I like to go to the track and the casinos and gamble. So then the guy says, well, what does your wife like to do? I said, well, she likes going to church and Bible studies. So the social worker says, well, why don't you do something that your wife likes to do? So, you know, I thought, well, it's never crossed my mind. So I came back and I went to Sue. I said, hey, why don't we go to a Bible study? So she had been, I found out later she had been praying about it, but she felt to wait and and let me uh, propose that rather than her dragging. So we show up at this guy's house the following Monday, and there's a number of couples there. And he, he says, well, there's a new a couple here. Can you inter- introduce yourself? So I said, I'm Bud Greenberg, my wife, Sue. I said, I'm Jewish. So the guy interrupts me, and he says, you're Jewish? Wow, you're an expert on the scriptures. So we're just finishing up the study, and we're going to start the book of Esther. And since you know it a lot better than us being Jewish, will you teach us? So never having been to a Bible study before, I thought to myself, well, I guess this is the accepted protocol. So I didn't want to disappoint the guy. So I go, okay, I'll, I'll teach you. So uh, I got home. I took out a Bible. I started in Genesis one and I flipped through until I found Esther Then I read Esther and then I taught it several weeks. And it really gave me a, 
not having read the Bible before in my life, it gave me a desire to read more. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll read the New Testament. So I started in the book of Matthew, and I got up to the Sermon on the Mount, and then I put the book down, and I said, you know, what Jesus is asking these people to do is something that's impossible. You, you just can't live this way. And so after a while, I thought to myself, you know, maybe that's just the point. Maybe you can't live that way on your own, but maybe you really need to come to Jesus so that he can empower you to live a, a life the way he's asking uh, you to live. So long story short, um, I came to faith in Christ on Easter Sunday, 1981. And I went and I told Sue, I said, look, you know, I prayed in my bedroom by myself to receive Jesus. Now, I want you to promise never to share this with anybody for the rest of your life. And she goes, why? I said, well, for me, it's not a point of victory. It's a, really a point of defeat. And what I mean is that I really have had to evaluate everything I thought to be true in light of what the scriptures had to say. And so to me, it wasn't victorious it was a, a matter of you know my old way of thinking was defeated and then i really need to start learning what the scriptures have to say just a, a side note so uh in 1980 there was this group called the moral majority with jerry falwell was the leader of moral majority so these uh two unscrupulous uh journalists interviewed him just like we're interviewing now and so they sold the interview to penthouse magazine so penthouse magazine publishes uh you know it's a big national thing at the time interview with jerry falwell so i thought to myself oh this sounds interesting so i bought penthouse magazine so i read the jerry falwell interview in it was uh the plan of salvation how to become a christian what do christians believe what does it mean to be moral? And so, you know, I, I read the interview in the Penthouse magazine and really became convicted. So one of the things I could say is, you know, I, I came to Christ by reading Penthouse magazine. So, I, and a few weeks later, I came to faith. So. How has that, uh, that 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 decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ? How looking back, how has that decision affected your life and your family's life today? Well, I mean, so the Lord showed me two things right away. One is that I'm saved. I don't have to worry about being unsaved. And the second thing he showed me right off was that I'm a little behind in my studies. So once I started studying the Word of God, I, I really uh, was convicted that I needed to be all in. And, um, you know, I was baptized a year later and... The Lord started showing me through the Holy Spirit. He would put me in these situations that, so he could show me his power. Would you like me to tell you a story? Come on. So um, I got saved at Messiah College, July 4th, 1982. So three weeks later, I was in Fort Bragg, North Carolina over Saturday night. So I thought, you know, it's Saturday and I, I have the weekend free. Why don't I go to church Saturday night? So I looked in the Fayetteville, North Carolina uh, church listings in the paper, and there was one church that met 
Saturday night. It's a Christian Fellowship House of Prayer. So I called them. I introduced myself. I said, hey, I'm, I'm at Fort Bragg. And can you direct me on how to get to your church for this evening service? So the phone drops. There's a bunch of yelling and screaming on the other end. And then somebody else picks up the phone and then gives me directions. So Saturday night, I show up out of town going down this dirt road to a trailer, like a trailer, park trailer. So I, I show up and so they look at me like I'm come, you know, from the moon or something. So that like I'm stranger to begin with. They looked at me like I was really strange. And so I, I sit down, the service starts, and then they say, uh, Brother Bud, do you do a singing? I go, do I sing? I guess I can sing. We think the Lord wants you to lead us in worship. So, again, having not having been to very many churches, and especially not familiar with southern churches, I was like, well, okay. So I got a hymnal. I knew Rock of Ages, uh, maybe one or two others. So I led worship. And then I sat down and they go, uh, Brother Bud, we feel that the Lord wants you to minister the word to us. So I got up, opened my Bible to what I had been studying and, and shared for a few minutes. And then after the service was over, they put the, uh, a chair in the middle. And they say, could, could you sit down? We want to pray for you. So these are uh, uh, Holy Ghost uh, Pentecostal, something that, you know, even though I had been filled with the Holy Spirit three weeks earlier, I'd never really experienced anything quite like that before. So they, one of the things they said, can you raise your hands to the Lord? So I raised my hands to the Lord. They said, can you pray in tongues? I said, I can. So I, I, I prayed in tongues and they go, uh, brother bud, that's not loud enough. You need to pray louder. <laughs> so I did it. And then the service got done. And then afterwards, one of the women comes up to me and, and she says, I saw you three weeks ago. I said, you did. I, I said, I was in Pennsylvania three weeks ago. And she goes, uh, what happened to you three weeks ago? I said, well, I was, uh, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit three weeks ago. She goes, three weeks ago, I prophesied that there would be a soldier coming out from Fort Bragg three weeks from now to minister to us, and uh, you're him. And so I came away from that. I'm like, you know, what if what if I signed myself up to? <laughs> it's just, uh, it, it was really one of the first instances of, coming across the power of the Holy Spirit and the um, the holiness of the Lord. Uh, it's just, it's, it's not been the only time that something like that has happened to me. And um, it's, I mean, it's not like that happens every day. And I think the Lord did that, you know, when I was a new believer, so he could put me on the right path. Um you know, to be honest, if somebody had come to me and said, okay, you're a Christian, you can't, you have to start doing A, A B, and C and not doing C, D, and F, I, that would have turned me off. And I, I really felt that, you know, I was in a place where the Holy Spirit had sort of to walk me through what it meant to really be a believer. It's not behaviors per se, it's your relationship with the Lord. And inside of your relationship with the Lord comes your behaviors, not the other way around is backwards, and that's 
destined to fail. So that's how I learned. And I've got I've got a million stories like that. Oh, I, I I could tell. No, this is this is amazing. Uh, very quick, can you share, looking back, what Jesus has done in your life? Well, um, so I mean, personally, I I would have crashed and burned long ago. Um, my my wife and I, to be honest, when we got married we did everything the opposite of what the Bible says about to be married. And um, we really had to unlearn a lot and it took us years and years to um, go through. uh, We went through a lot of pain before we really got victory. Um, In 2000, uh, we separated for the second time and I, um, checked in the hotel and undid the TV and I had it out with God. And so I was, I thought in my mind, I would sort of meditate on Ephesians 5, 22, three end of the chapter. And I started and the Holy spirit said, now you're, you're one verse off, start with verse 21. So Ephesians 5, 21 says, submit ye one to another as unto Christ. And that was the seminal moment in my life as a Christian. Um, so I, once I meditated on it, I realized that the word submit you one to another is unto Christ was unconditional. And then what the Lord showed me is, you know, you love your wife and then I'll do the rest. So, um, came back and I sat down with Sue. I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to separate. And she goes, yes. And she says, I want a, a separation agreement. And I said, okay. And she says, well, I wanted to say these things. And I said, okay. And then I would just, you know, submit to her because of what the word says. And then, um, and then she, you know, no matter what she asked, I said, yes. And then it was initially uh, one step forward, two steps back. And then it was one step forward, one step back. And then it was, two steps forward, one step back. And then um, four months after we separated on uh, Christmas of 2000, we got back and we redid our vows and we, uh, we started walking as a, as a couple ever since. So, I mean, we've had a lot of counseling and uh, a lot of uh, ministry, but it, you know, we're to walk with the Lord is it's worth it. If you will just, you know, seek his face and uh, respond to his leading. And uh, I've uh, been able to minister to uh, a lot of people, and uh, that that's always um, something I get a lot of pleasure about is, you know, I, I try not to gin it up, and I just let the Holy Spirit sort of bring me across people, and, and then I just uh, let the Lord do his thing.
www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, thank you Lord. Can you please call me back in about an hour? Hello? Uh-huh, can you call me back in about an hour? Okay. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on now, not today. Okay, so... Well, y'all, I'm so sorry today. Okay, listen, I heard some wonderful, wonderful testimonies this morning. And uh, I thank God for testimonies because they are to encourage us. Yeah, that's that, and, and a testimony is true. It is what God did. It is what happened. I couldn't change me. I couldn't do nothing for me. He come in. Some things he did, I wasn't expecting him to do them, nor do it in that way. But I thank him today for the many testimonies I heard this morning. Grateful unto him. Hallelujah. I want to say good morning to you, Sister Jerry. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman, Sister Andrea Spinner, Sister Irene. Good morning. And uh, I see you hanging out late at night, I read. I see you hanging out late. But I thank God for you, and I pray you enjoyed your time spent yesterday. Good morning to you, Pastor David. God bless you this morning. Brother Anthony, good morning to you. God bless you this morning. And uh, we thank God for those that will be coming through the archives and the podcast to take a listen. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning, Brother Cal. God bless you this morning. And so we just thank God for his word. Thank God for these wonderful testimonies. And uh, while I was on vacation, you know, I was praying. And the Lord brought that to me. Share more testimonies. Yeah, share more testimonies. And, uh, you know, let others hear what I've done. Yeah, because there are many. There are many. You know, and, and they're on YouTube, a lot of people who's telling the goodness of the Lord, what God did in their lives. Because without him, we can't do anything. I promise you, whatever you're doing today, whatever you did yesterday, God allowed it. If he did not allow it, you would not have it done. Yeah. I've been um, trying to get in touch with Brother Frank. Uh, Brother Anthony, I had Sister Linda to call him. I emailed him, and we didn't get no answer. So today I'm going to call both numbers. I have two numbers. I'm going to call both of those numbers 
and see if we can get a hold of them because I haven't heard from Brother Frank in a while. Got the box in there on the table, didn't go to the post office yet. The line is so long over there. And my right knee don't let me stand like that. But um, I'm going to see about getting a hold of him some way, somehow today. And uh, y'all pray for me. Kim and Mike Hawks, I called them. I got no answer back. And they're no longer on Facebook that I know of. So we're praying for them as well. Yeah, those that we know usually come and they're not present. Uh, we want to keep them lifted in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, Sister Sion is away every morning, and uh, she have a place to go. Hallelujah. And so uh, we thank God for that, and uh, everything is all right. Oh, Brother Lewis said there's extreme weather at Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, but he's in the house in the AC, Brother Lewis, so he should be able to pick a phone up, send an email. But we'll check on him today and uh, see how that goes. And the studio is open right quick. If anyone has something they would like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one and come in today. Hallelujah. It is all right in Jesus' name this morning. And we're thankful uh, unto Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. No one have it? Oh, okay. All right. Good morning, Sister Jerry. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, Sister Barbara. I just want to say good morning and thank God for life. Amen. That's it. I mean, the testimony said it all, so thank God for life. Amen. Amen. Uh, and that bad brother out there, that the power lines are down. Oh, the power okay. is out there. Yeah, that's what Brother Lewis just yeah. told me. There's flooding and some outages. Yeah, so that's what's going on. So Okay, okay. All right, okay. but thank God that our weather's good here. Amen, amen. It rains, yeah. but we got power. Thank God. Yes, it did a little raining, but yeah, we got power. And it's not flooding with the rain, it's just raining. Oh, no, thank God. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's why I want to say thank God for life. Amen. Amen. He is faithful to us. He is faithful. Yes, thank God for life and for covering us through these storms. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, the songwriter wrote a song to say, If it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be? Where would I be? Hallelujah. So he's faithful to us. And uh, he loves us this morning. Not that he don't love those where it's flooding, but we know that the devil is the prince of the air. And so he do a lot of crazy stuff sometimes. But if you in God and he's in you, he can do whatever he thinks he's big enough to do. We are protected. Yeah. Hallelujah. God will loose the angels to keep us safe. And I'm so grateful unto him. Hallelujah. And he's on my side today in spite of me looking beyond my fault, yet meet my needs. So I'm thankful. So if there, <clears throat> excuse me, anyone else, we still have some time. If there's anyone else have something this morning. Uh, oh, I know I have an announcement. You know, I have so much going on sometimes. And I wrote it down, but I forgot that I wrote it down right here. Listen. 
starting August the 15th uh, through the 17th, we're going to do Jesus in the Morning 12-year anniversary right here. And so I'm working on some different speakers, live speakers, uh, somebody to come and give a little history, you know, when they first come uh, and that kind of thing. Because I got some of them Alzheimer's over here. I got them all timers. <laughs> but, but after they've been here, oh, man, forever today, just like Brother Louis, Brother Louis, Brother D, Brother Frank, yeah, they've been here for a while. Sister Dot, yeah, they've been here for a while. So, you know, they might want to say something, and if so, I want you to be able to um, call in and, you know, say something. And, uh, you know, be recognized because you're faithful listening. And uh, I thank God for that. I thank God for you. Yes, yes. And thank God for your love, hallelujah, that you've shown me over the years. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. And so we'll be uh, putting that together. If you have some ideas, feel free to email me, text me, message me on Facebook, however you get in touch with me. So call me, feel free to give me your idea of what we can do for the 12th anniversary because we'll be doing uh, the morning message. But prior to that, you know, we can do after devotion. We do about at 7.30, the devotion is over most times. And so right at 7.30, we can, you know, do whatever your plans is, you know, for the show if you have an idea. And... Um, Leave from then, go on on at by eight o'clock. I like to have the guest speaker in to bring the message of the day. Apostle Duncan's was with us this morning. She called me, but uh, I was on the app, so I couldn't talk. But I will call her back today because I'd love to have her as one of the speakers of the morning. And uh, Apostle Claudia Boatwright and a couple of others, you know, that I know love us over here and do whatever they can to support us. So. I'll be getting in touch with different people. Uh, most likely Willie Brown, you know, the ventriloquist. Uh, Willie Brown and Woody, I'll be asking Willie to come. And, of course, I have to play that first and only, Brother Lance. So I'll be playing his recorded message, Devil, You Should Have Killed Me When You Had the Chance. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's flooding down there, Brother Anthony, and outages. It's flooding and some outages out in um, Las Vegas. Yeah, Brother Lewis said the devil is working weather warfare. <laughs> yes, he is, Brother Lewis. But I'm going to um, make two calls and see if I can get a hold of them. Sister Linda called for me yesterday, and she didn't get a hold of them. But I'm going to work on it today, um, Brother Anthony. Yeah. Okay, I just heard it from Brother Lou and then Sister Jerry just came in and, and, and shared too. So I'll be working on getting a hold of them. I don't know if you know somebody over in the area, but I know Sister Linda. I don't know if Jeanette's number is the same, but I'll try to look for Jeanette because most likely she have contact with them too. And, and I'll check on them over there. But yeah. All right, so we got it. August 15th through the 19th. That's that Monday through that Friday. And every day we plan to have a different guest speaker. 
We plan to have new music. Now, some old music I have to play, but uh, requests. You know, I get a lot of requests, but um, some new music we want to bring about. If you got some new music, you heard a new song, and uh, you think it'll work for us over here, send it to me. I'm more than happy to download it into the studio so that we can play it. All right. If no one else has anything to say, I will pray us out today. And uh, we pray that the Lord, yeah, I got Ron number two. See, I don't, I don't really call Ron because, you know, I, I, I don't want nobody thinking, you know. But anyway, Brother Anthony, call him and, and see what Brother Ron said because I have his number two. And I know he's in touch with him. Yeah. But all right, we're going to pray out. Pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning. 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And I believe tomorrow we'll bring Pastor Terry K. Anderson and uh, one of his messages in the morning. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you this day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God, we thank you for all you've done already. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you for what you're going to do. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. Father, I thank you for every caller and every listener. Ask, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for your people today. We stand in the need of you. And, Father, without you, we can do nothing. We need you. Every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month, every year, we need you. Move for us in a mighty way. Those that stand in the need of finances, God, move in a special way for them today. Uncommon ways, blessed like only you can do, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we bring Brother Frank before you and all those that live in Nevada area, where there's flooding and outages. God, we ask that you would move and protect and keep them safe from all hurt, harm, or danger. Ask, Lord, that you would move for Brother Frank in a mighty way today. Whatever he's standing in need of medically, whatever it is, oh God, I ask that you would move for him and his sister this day. In the precious name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And, Father, we ask it all again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves the cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. August the 9th, 2022, in Jesus' name. Good morning, Miss Thelma. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, we're going to our last song of the morning. And after this song, I won't be coming back today. Have a blessed day. the highest mountain 
nobody greater than you. I'm going to sing one day. I am going to sing one day. And we're going to gonna be surprised. <laughs> oh, Sister Barbara, you sound pretty good today. Yes, I'm singing now, Sister Spinner. I'm singing big time now. Nobody's greater than you. First off.